welcome to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Principles of Success podcast. If you tuned in last week, you heard from Courtney Goodman, an elementary principal in Illinois, and she talked about the foundational strategies to create a quality leadership team. Well, Courtney is back today, and she's going to share nine facilitation strategies for small groups. I was able to get a sneak peek, and these are too good not to share. Well, welcome, Courtney, back to the show, part two today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So just to recap, we talked a little bit about leadership teams last week. Can you give a 30-second pitch about what leadership teams are so it can set the context for today? Sure. Yeah. So um, as a building principal, I found that developing a building leadership team that has representation from all the different grade levels or teams and coming together to work towards different initiatives to be a really successful way to to collaborate and to um, have some shared leadership in buildings. That's fantastic. So if anyone's listening, missed part one of our conversation, go back. A lot of good nuggets in there. But today I wanted to dive into your facilitative strategies for running these meetings and any meetings really, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So let's go into them. There there are several and they're all great. So if you're listening, <laughs> grab a paper and pencil. But let's just start at the beginning, Courtney, share some strategies with us. Sure. Yeah. So I have found that working with my building leadership teams, helping them to learn some facilitative strategies, because in my particular school, the team leaders help to run their own team meetings. And so I think this is relevant whether that's a structure you have or not, because these used to be more informal structures where mm-hmm. it wasn't really that they had a team leader who was, you know, they're not being paid, they're not, it's not a contractual obligation, but teams are meeting regularly, you know, each week to plan curriculum, to talk about student needs. And and so whether I think it's a formal structure or an informal structure, someone's got to help that meeting go. It, they have to help right. help that meeting run. And so I have been helping to teach my team leaders at the building leadership team some of these different facilitative strategies to help the, help move their their meetings along. And so one of them that I've that I've taught them is find areas of agreement. And so, you know, it sounds something like, okay, you and I both are concerned about this unit in math. How are we going to move forward together? So it's finding the common ground because sometimes you'll have a team where you've got one teacher who is going on and on and on about whatever their issue is and another teacher disagrees, but you've got to figure out how to find an area of agreement to then move the conversation forward. Mm -hmm. And so when I introduce one of these facilitative strategies like find an area of agreement at a meeting with my team leaders, we'll then practice it and role play it. So I might give them Mm -hmm. little scripts to say, you know, here's a team, here's a team meeting, here's what, you know, teacher A is saying, here's what teacher B is saying, what facilitative strategy are you going to use? Or I might then have them explicitly practice that one. Um, there's another one 
called Name the Elephant, um, mm. which is a funny one, but I think it's one we've probably all done or wanted to do. And that's when you've got a teammate who is like talking around, you know, the issue, right? They're like, you know, they're really worried about, you know, a new initiative, or they're worried about, you know, the schedule for an upcoming standardized assessment. But rather than just coming out and say, they keep sort of beating around the bush or talking around the elephant. And so this strategy is helping your team leaders be able to say, it sounds like you're concerned about the schedule for standardized testing. Am I, mm-hmm. is that, is that what the issue is? Can we move forward with like solving that problem? It's, it's helping people have the language to feel empowered, to be able to move a conversation forward by naming the elephant in the room rather than yeah. what, you know, kind of talking around it. Cause I think by nature we're, um, we're all really nice people in education and we're mm-hmm. kind to one another and right. we don't, you know, critical or crucial conversations are hard for us. And so helping mm-hmm. team leaders have some language is helpful. So I have a question because I'm thinking back to our first conversation. Yeah. What's the difference between the norms for the meeting and the facilitative strategies? Yeah. So I think the norms for the meeting and so that some of the the norms of collaboration are things like pausing or paraphrasing or posing ideas or providing data. I think those are like the umbrella. Those are the structure that are always present in every setting. And so in every meeting where you're going to collaborate with anybody, I think acknowledging that you have those those items present, that you're all going to do them, not just Mm -hmm. the team leader. I think is really the important aspect where the facilitative strategies, these are things that typically aren't shared like widely with the whole team. So the idea of um, there's another one called feel felt found where, you know, okay, so you feel like this math test is going to work the best for these students. I feel the same way when you know you you found that when you did this next thing it didn't work as well and so sort of acknowledging the feelings so some of these facilitative strategies only the team leader is really familiar with and it's not that they're top mm-hmm. secret it's just that the team leaders are the only ones who are sort of practicing these mm-hmm. um in a leadership setting and then trying to help work through them so that's a little bit of the difference i think yeah. Okay. So I'm thinking about that makes sense. The team leaders are practicing it and then they're taking it back to their team meetings and leading their meetings this way. In a leadership team meeting, when they when they all have this these strategies, do you have facilitator role that only one person is really leading this or can anyone step up and take over with the strategy? I think anyone can sort of step up and take over um, with one of the strategies at the leadership meeting mm-hmm. so that there's all sort of the practice of of each of them understanding what it what it sort of feels like in like that in the safe space right like so the idea of the right. of the leadership meetings is to practice these skills and so mm. sometimes we'll you know i have about 10 or 12 teachers on my leadership team and so sometimes we'll break off into little small groups of 3 and then practice and have someone observe and say mm-hmm. oh yeah she did a great job when she helped them return to the focus of the objective, which is another one. So we've all been in meetings, team meetings where someone gets really off task. And so the idea of that team leader helping the team refocus to say, you're right, you know, some students are struggling with that. But today we're talking about 
our upcoming writing unit. And so like, let's mm-hmm. refocus back to that. And so helping them practice that. And so when we practice it at the leadership team meeting level, it's, you know, you and I might be practicing it and a third person is watching us. And so you and I both might take turns sort of, re, you know, helping do that particular facilitative strategy of return the mm-hmm. focus to the objective. And our observer might then say, oh, yeah, like, you know, Courtney, you, 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 you acknowledged what she was talking about and then you moved it back to the objective or, oh, you know, hey, Courtney, like you spent too long acknowledging what she was talking about or you didn't return it back to the objective or giving us some feedback. Um, so doing some of that role play at the leadership level, I think, helps. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting an understanding of your leadership team is partly just school content with school business, but mm-hmm. also leadership development mm-hmm. skills that mm-hmm. you're training them up on as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why or how you're going to get teachers to do these things, right? Like, because mm-hmm. it, for some teachers, this is an extra. This is in my, yeah. in my building, it's not, you know, this large pay. I mean, there's a small amount of pay I think they get, but it doesn't, you know, it's not, that's not why they're doing it. Right. And in some right. settings, there's not going to be the element of, of a paid position for this leadership work. And so, you know, you've got to, I think, sort of make it worthwhile, right? Make it worthwhile for their time. And 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 it's not to say that that the teachers who are on my leadership team are all going to become, you know, assistant principals or principals or, or what have you. But the informal work of leadership within schools, I think, helps strengthen so much. And, you know, one of the things that I had shared before in my um, presentation was about collective efficacy and how the mm-hmm. notion of of us all in this together, we're all helping students learn and grow, and we all have to have a hand in that. I think that belief is really what strengthens the need for developing teacher leaders and having them be able to facilitate meetings. Absolutely. Okay, what are some other strategies you can share with us? Um, I think one of the other ones is reflect and redirect. So when you're reflecting and redirecting, it's a little bit, it's similar to the other one of return focus to the objective, but a little bit um, with reflect and redirect, it might be when someone's starting to get upset or, um, you know, that they're worried about something. And um, Mm -hmm. so you might say something like, you know, you're upset that you have to implement this program. Now, do you want to just you know, start with the observation protocol, or do you want to start with the video? So it's a little bit of you're reflecting their feelings back. So a little bit of paraphrasing. So it connects to that umbrella Mm -hmm. of one of those norms of collaboration. And then you're redirecting back to the task. So it's similar to return the focus to the objective. One of the other ones that I think is is helpful, and and I use it, I think, as well as my my team leaders is the, the offer help. That's another strategy. And so it might sound something like, you know, how can I best help you implement, you know, small group instruction in your classroom? And it's genuine, right? And so I think as teacher leaders, helping them realize what it sounds like to offer help. And it doesn't mean Mm -hmm. like, I'll do that for you, (laughs) you know, like, Mm -hmm. because again, I think most of us are really kind and nice people and want to help our colleagues, but sometimes how we help isn't actually helpful, right? It's just doing. Mm -hmm. And so that's one we'll work through quite a bit at our building leadership team meetings to say like, what does offering help look like, you know, and how Mm -hmm. can we best offer help to our colleagues in a way that's going to then again, build capacity and not just be, you know, that teacher leader doing everything because that's, that's not Mm -hmm. actually offering help. (laughs) Right. 
There are a couple more I want to ask you about. Tell me about dignified differences. Yeah, yeah. So dignified differences. So again, I think this is one where it, it really is acknowledging that you have differences of opinion. And that's okay, right? I think you have to, in settings, people have different beliefs and they have different ideas of what's going to be best. But sometimes that completely stalls work. You know, if, if two teachers cannot see eye to eye, sometimes they just avoid and they, and they mm-hmm. move on and, they, and they'll just dodge it. You know, they'll just go around it. And so I think teaching leaders to say, you know, we have a difference of opinion. You believe this and you believe this and we're going to move forward. I think dignifying or acknowledging that, that you feel differently, it's important. It helps you then be able to move forward too. Right. And then inquire about the intent. Did we talk about that one? No, not yet. So that one sounds something like, would you like help solving that problem? Or were you just sharing information? This is, I think, my favorite. And so as a principal, if you're not using this, start using it. Because people come to your door every single day. Hey, do you have a minute? Hey, can I ask you something? Or, you know, I just wanted to tell you about... And so my assistant principal and I talk about this quite a bit. I have to remind myself almost every day to inquire about the intent. And so I yes. think teaching teacher leaders to do the same because some, and sometimes when I say to people, thank you so much for sharing that. Were you just sharing that with me or are you looking for some help problem solving? <laughs> and they will stare at me a little bit funny and then they will say, oh, oh, I was, I was just sharing it. And I said, okay, thank you so much for sharing that with me. Let me know how, how it works out or you know, let me know if you want to talk more about it. And so I think helping teacher leaders have that same approach because sometimes people dump things on us, right? They mm-hmm. just, and as for teacher leaders, I think they do the same thing. Sometimes people just want to vent and that's okay. But then we have to acknowledge like, okay, so you, do you want to problem solve or are you just sharing that with me? Yeah. And, and, and having that person spend some time, you know, a, a beat or two, a moment or two thinking about it is, is really helpful. Yeah. I think that one would be good in personal relationships as well. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, honestly, yeah. I use it all the time. Are you going to tell me I that bet. or do you want help? I use it with my kids. Absolutely. My husband. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And then I think the, the last one is recognize others' expertise. Yes, 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 yes. So recognize others' expertise. So I shared, um, I think in the last podcast that my leadership team, I have, I have leaders on there who are, you know, 20, 25 year veteran teachers, really skilled teachers. And then I have, you know, newer teachers also very skilled, but you know, they have three or four years of experience. And so Mm -hmm. we talk about how there's different levels of expertise in the room. And, you know, it's not to say that if you're a newer teacher, you don't have excellent things to share. You absolutely do. But I think sometimes just acknowledging who's the expert in the room. And so when I had shared too, I think in the previous podcast that, you know, I never taught elementary, I only ever taught middle Mm -hmm. school. And so, you know, certainly I think as a principal of of an elementary school, I know quality teaching, but there are certainly elements of elementary teaching that I am not the expert in the room. And so Mm -hmm. I think teaching our team leaders to say things like, you know, you're very experienced. You've done this before. You've had a student who has had this particular need. What's worked for you? Can you share? I think tapping people intentionally into the conversation to say, you know, you're knowledgeable, you're experienced. I think that helps build trust. It helps build collaboration. But as I shared, I think um, when I did the NASPE 
presentation, you have to be authentic with that. So that's one mm-hmm. where you've got to know it can't be, you know, it can't be that that you're just tapping someone and asking them to come in and saying, oh, you're really experienced and you don't know. So this is one you, you do need to make sure you're using it um, in an authentic way for it to be successful. Yeah. Okay. Before we go into our fast five, I'm curious for you, when you first learned about these facilitative strategies, did you do some practice uh, with them before you rolled it out to your staff? Yeah. So I first learned about them when I was a team leader. So I practiced them when I was at the middle school as a team leader. I practiced them in my own leadership capacity there, both as a member of a team And then when I would facilitate my team leader meetings. And so that was, I don't know, 12, 15 years ago. Mm. And so it's been just sort of always in, in in the background of the work that I've done. And so I think it takes time, like and and practice. But yeah, I for sure practice them. Fantastic. All right. That's important to know. Yes. All right, Courtney, (laughs) we end with our fast fives, a little more lighthearted, non-related to anything we've talked about today. But our first question to get to know a little bit more about you as we wrap up, your favorite leadership book? Uh, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Favorite app? Ooh, um, Libby, the library app. Yes. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So good. It's so good. And specifically, audiobooks. I was spending yes. literally, I think, 50 or $60 a month on yes. audiobooks. <laughs> totally. Why does everybody not know about I, Libby? I have told so many people about it in the last like, yes. three months, and they've been like, I'm going to get a public library card. That's right. Yes. Like- <laughs> Absolutely. So good. I'm so glad you mentioned that. Best Amazon find for work. Um, This is funny. A fake plant. A big fake plant. My office feels just needed some warmth, but I kill all the plants. So I bought a giant, like a five foot tall fake plant. Courtney, I feel like we are like um, soul (laughs) sisters right now. I'm connecting with you so much. All right. Favorite song to put you in a good mood. Oh, man, this was tough. Um, Probably anything, probably anything by Maren Morris. I like her. Mm, yes, for sure. One tip you would tell your first year principal self. Uh, it's okay to say, I don't know. It's okay to say I need more time to think about it. You know, I think when we're young, we we think we're supposed to have all the answers or answer things mm. right away. And I think I would have just told myself, you know, I mean, I, and I do it now. Uh, and so I think I would have told myself, just say you don't know or say you need yeah. some time to think about it. Absolutely. Courtney, thank you so much for this conversation. Where can listeners connect with you if they'd like to do so? Uh, You can find me on Twitter. It is Dr. Dr. underscore C underscore Goodman. Fantastic. I appreciate you spending not only one podcast time with me, but two. So thank you so much. Such great information. Thank you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. A huge thank you to Principal Courtney Goodman for spending time with me to record two episodes. Big appreciation for sharing actionable strategies we can use in our leadership and share with others. Make sure to share this episode with a friend and tag me on Twitter at Dr. Shana Henry or Instagram at Principles of Success with your key takeaways. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast. Principles of Success.